You are listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast for as little as $3 a month, where you'll get access to our special bonus content, like our pet peeve segment, where we ask our guests about their pets and their peeves within the church. Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3 in the New Jerusalem Bible reads, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise continually on my lips. I will praise the Lord from my heart. Let the humble hear and rejoice. Proclaim with me the greatness of the Lord. Let us acclaim his name together. In the New Jerusalem Bible, it translates the Lord as Yahweh in the original Hebrew. I just don't think that rolls off the tongue as well. Joseph, how can humility and worship, like what this psalmist says here, how can displaying humility and worship help the church to better maintain unity? Oh, well, you know, when I when I was reading the question, I was I was really struck with the idea of spiritual curiosity. Um, I think as we'll talk more of this whole episode, that position of humility and curiosity and this yearning for being of faith is really the posture that I have taken and I think is a really positive posture to take. When you're really going into you know, studying and learning of the Lord, uh, and so uh, I think it's it's extremely helpful to maintain unity because you go in from the very from the very beginning going I may not know everything. You know, I'm I have a passion for my faith, but I just might not know everything there is to know about God. And I think I think that's actually a really healthy place to to be because how would we know everything? We are not omnipotent, he is. Um, so that would be that would be what I would say. Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am, I am, I am a servant. I am a servant who whose name is Joshua Knoll, and I am I'm here to serve the important role of introducing the world's greatest co-host, Nye, the galaxy's greatest co-host, the one and only TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for mentioning the galaxy. Chewbacca was catching up fast. Yeah, I just uh, gotta put him in his place. Yeah. Also, I just want to hear the podcast hosted by Chewbacca now. Uh, Got to be pretty entertaining. Yeah, that's why he's catching up so fast. Yeah. And we are here today with a special guest, um, Joseph Mancuso. Uh, Joseph does his own podcast. Um, I want to say it's not called The New Life. It's called something life. It is called The, the Full, Full life. life. Yes, The Full Life. And he does that with a few other people. We're here to talk to him about that and his own journey in the faith. Uh, Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be here with you guys. I enjoy the the, the whole church and the mission of your show. You know, we like the mission okay, too. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've had uh, recently, we've had a lot of engagement with, uh, I asked a question in our Facebook group about what five books other than the Bible have most formed you. I had some pretty interesting answers over there. Um, a lot of people mentioned mere Christianity. One that I thought was uh, particularly interesting was uh, Christian Ashley mentioned, um, I forget which one, but it was one of the books by uh, Stephen King. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And a couple people mentioned Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. So I was not alone. Decent book. Interesting. Decent. Good book. Yeah, I would say Hugo by Victor Hugo is more formative for me. Uh, <laughs> There were no words, just cool clockwork. But yeah, if you want to get in on that, definitely head over to Facebook. Join our Facebook group. You talk to Josh. You can't talk to me. I don't like being perceived. Uh, 
But he's on there all the time. It's just called The Whole Church Group. Uh, join it. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's fun time. And I'm actually, I'm going to go look at that for sure. That sounds pretty interesting. Maybe I should spend it, time it on there. Has been, yeah. Pastor Will had a, had a little bit. Anyway, today uh, we, we're on to the unity, the unity part of our podcast, which starts with my favorite form of unity, which of course is silliness. Um, if you didn't know, it's actually impossible to truly be divided when you're being goofy with one another. In today's silly question, TJ and I will answer first, give you time to think about it, Joseph. If you could pick any two colors for the next breed of zebras, other than black and white, what colors would you choose? I'll go first because I know I know I have a bad answer, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. A lot of people might think I'm gonna say garnet and gold, but I just really like violet and lime green. Just in general, I like those colors next to each other. They're ugly, but I'm like, hey, I like that. Makes me happy. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. That's I have why, to agree with TJ on this one. That is pretty bad. <laughs> That's all right, TJ. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, I think brown and a light red will look pretty interesting. Not being able to choose black as one of the colors is severely limiting. Yeah, it it's sure like a, is. a brown and a light red would be a cool color scheme. An extremely dark brown. Yeah, yeah. Very, very all right, Joseph. You can't all say right. Black or well, white. the first thing that came to my mind when you said this was the the, the gum in the '90s. Do you remember the fruit stripe gum with the, yeah. the zebra? Yeah. They still oh. sell that. Do they? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it in years, but that I used to love that stuff. So, I was excited to answer this question. But really, the first thing that popped into my mind was was purple and pink because I have three girls. So uh, I have a lot of those colors. So. I'm sure uh, that's what would be in my house. Would your zebra also have a horn on its head? Oh, most definitely. You know, I've learned <laughs> now the difference between a unicorn and a pegasus and the pony, and, and they all like talk about unity. This is all about unity among the three species of ponies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's a big, big part exactly of my little pony. Why Josh started the show is because he's such a huge My Little Pony fan. Yeah. yeah that's course. only half joking. The new also, movie, the new movie, it's quite impactful. Full disclosure, uh, yesterday, me and our friend Izzy, occasionally listen, so shout out to Izzy, played a card game called Unstable Unicorn, but I won mostly by having Norwalls, so figure that one out. Well, I, I, I think I can talk about this now because I'm not, I was not, speaking of Narwhals, I was not put on this jury, but I was almost put on a jury with a case involving Narwhals that was going to be at least very interesting. That would have been awesome. At yeah. least very interesting. <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. But True. on to the, the real unity part of the show. The silly question never unites us. I feel well, pretty united. Yes. One thing. We're united. At, I want to say we're united in our hatred for Josh's color scheme. Yeah, we that, all that's have usually true. <laughs> it's true in real life. He's colorblind, so he can't tell. Um, so one thing we've found to really help with church unity is to hear one another's story. Uh, would you mind sharing a testimony with us and our listeners? Yeah. And, you know, I want to say that this is probably the most uncomfortable thing for me because I never think about telling my story and never in it. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. So I really went to Revelation in, in, in my thought process where I was Revelation twelve eleven, where we triumph by the power of the blood and our testimony. So I'm like, OK, well, this is what we're supposed to do to triumph. So I'm going to go into my story saying that I, I like many, are un, is uncomfortable to say this, but, you know, I'm going to say it. 
I don't have a rem- I, I wouldn't say I have a remarkable story to per se. I don't have this big conversion. I've always grown up in faith. I uh, I grew up and continue to practice in the Catholic tradition, um, and uh, we still practice that. Um, but I had a very um, unique upbringing in that my my Catholic parents really sought out spiritual guidance in a time where I think the Catholic Church was pretty weak on 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 catechism, on on catechesis of of people, uh, and, and so they sought out that wisdom from other denominations and other outlets, and so I was exposed, you know, pretty early, like first second grade, to different Christian ways of thinking. And that really shaped the way I I perceive Christianity and the different denominations today. So even though I was Catholic, I remember feeling like in third grade, like when they call you up to, you know, receive Christ in your heart, like I felt like I should go up. You know, I felt the Spirit calling me up. That is not at all in, in my Catholic tradition, but I felt like that was what was being called to do. Um, and so that, that sort of, you know, I, I, I went through all of the, the, the rituals and the, the sacra as we'll talk about sacramental, um, practices of Catholicism and really have had a, a fairly deepened faith. I taught the faith. Um, I have, I've taught at different levels. I've taught kids, I've taught, uh, adults coming into the, into the Christian and Catholic faith. And that brings so much joy to me. I will say the difficult, the most difficult parts for me in my faith walk have been, you know, of course, college. I went, I went to, you know, pretty, you know, uh, conservative. I went to an all boy Catholic high school. I went to mostly Catholic grade school, and then I went to the mo- one of the most liberal colleges in America. And so it was quite a culture shock for me. Um, I'm not necessarily saying it was bad because, it, you know, I think uh, we say it a lot on our podcast. I didn't understand it at the time, but proximity uh, breeds a lot of empathy. Um, so it's difficult to walk through that, but but I wouldn't say it was necessarily a bad thing. Um, uh, and then, you know, as everyone goes through their struggles, I wasn't sure if I was going to say it, but, you know, I've had struggles with, you know, addiction along the way of different, different. I, I'll just say it's, I've had a porn addiction. And so I've had to work through that. And how does that interact with my faith? And I say that because I know there's so many people out there that are struggling with that. It's a huge problem today. Um, so if I can be open about it and say that, you know, I am still loving the Lord and, and still walking through, walking through, uh, despite, uh, despite that being in my past, you know, I'm happy to say that and set someone free. You went to UCLA? I did not. I went to oh. Emerson College in Boston. Yeah, I think especially here, a lot of our listeners are going to be from the southeast of America. Um, we, we also have a decent amount of listeners in Australia. So hello, guys. Well, welcome. Anyway, <laughs> for a lot of our listeners, though, I feel like that testimony of growing up in a really conservative church and then going to the college and finding it a lot more liberal than anything they've encountered before is probably pretty common. Um, I mean, even your more conservative colleges in general, the college culture is just more liberal. Not that that's good or bad, but it is definitely a culture shock. Um, for sure. For sure. And you don't know how to handle it at first. And you don't. And I think that's yeah. such a struggle for people in general. Like, when do you hold your ground of your faith and and speak truth? Or when do you listen? And, and I think that and there's no easy answer to that. I think you just have to 
continuously get into the world, as Jesus said, and figure out and lead and let the spirit lead you about when you're supposed to listen and when you're supposed to talk. Yeah, for sure. We do roundtables each month. And last month, that was the topic of our roundtable discussion with a couple of the ministers that are a part of that. So you mentioned when you were telling your story that you've encountered a lot of other church traditions, especially when mm-hmm. you're younger. What have been some of the biggest takeaways you've had from other traditions than the Catholic faith? Well, um, one of the people that um, are on my uh, other show is uh, a senior pastor of a um, Hebrew roots Christian church. And I will Hmm. say that that connection to Jewish tradition and how it points to the Messiah is, I think, pretty impactful. It really connects the whole Bible together in a really special way. So I think that has been really impactful. I think other faith traditions taught me a lot about the spirit. Especially in a time where Catholicism wasn't speaking about that, and they are they have been catching up over the last decade, but um, they were not speaking about how to have a relationship, um, how how to have a personal relationship, how to hear the Spirit, how to hear you know, and have Him direct your life, you know. So that has been the biggest and most beneficial thing that I have learned along the way, and it has helped me tremendously, you know, make decisions, especially when you go into environments mm-hmm. like and you don't know how to navigate that. I mean, you really have to have that closeness to the Spirit if you're going to navigate the world. Yeah. Yeah, we've had um, Dr. Seth Postel on the show before, and he writes a lot on Hebrew upbringing and kind of that intersect there. So it's really interesting topic. Um, yeah, it's been really impactful for me as well. Um, what, what would you say makes the church you attend now special or different? Well, that's very unique you you say that um, because I will say that what makes it unique is that it's not unique. And what I mean Perfect. by that is the <laughs> the point of the point of Catholicism and one of the things I do like about Catholicism is that you can basically go to mass anywhere in the world and by and large it's going to be the same. So more it it, it protects that faith um, from something I think you can fall into in other traditions where it's very much not pastor centered. You know, it's very much not this personality based centered thing because the mass is the mass more or less. There's a few variations here and there depending on the diocese, but even in another language, and I have attended them in languages, I mean, you know, basically where the responses are, you know, what, how you to participate. So it is really, and Catholic means universal, that's the word. So that it really is universal in the way it's set up. So it's not unique, and that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's one of the coolest things about Catholicism to me. Like the, yeah. the information pipeline from top to mass is, is pretty impressive. That's it true. is very impressive, and I will say that's where that it, it's impressive the infrastructure is impressive, but the other part of it, the, the downside is it's hard to really get information out um, that's nuanced. And that's what I say to people is like, well, this is the rule. And I'm like, well, imagine the Pope had to litigate everyone's circumstances. Like, how does he navigate every single person's specific nuance and circumstance? Like, he can't. So these rules are generally broad on purpose because mm-hmm. how can you have a universal church with nuanced rules? I mean, that's just impossible to do. You know, so that's why you have local pastors. That's why you have spiritual directors and stuff. That's because it's it's designed that way on purpose. Yeah. That's something that's also true of the Bible and of the American Constitution. 
a lot of stuff is written vague on purpose. <laughs> okay. I'll say that again for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another thing we like to do every so often to help our listeners get an idea of our guest beliefs is our speed round segment. Uh, we're just going to ask you a series of questions and we ask you to try to answer in one sentence or less. We are not allowed to answer any follow-up questions. That rule is for Josh. So I will. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> what is the significance of baptism? Um, it's very significant. Um, it's your entry into the church. It is the uh, cleansing of original sin. Does your church practice baby baptism? It does. What is the significance of the Eucharist? It is, the, the, to me, the most defining characteristic that, cha- that is different from Catholicism to, um, to other Christian, Christian groups. I'm sorry, I'm going to make this a little longer answer, but we believe that there is true transformation of the body and blood of Christ uh, when the priest uh, consecrates it on the altar, um, and that is really the defining difference, I think. What do you believe about biblical inerrancy? Oh, that one's a hard one because I really believe the, the Bible is truth and it is truly God's word. I think a lot of it is written as stories and, and, and passed down in an oral tradition. So I'm not sure if every single word should be hung on with absolute certainty. Um, but I think the truth of God's word is in there. What authority do you believe church tradition has? I think um, tradition, especially in church and community, can enrich um, your experience. Community is so important. Um, and that's why I think churches were made the way they are. I think traditions are also made to um, adapt and change. doesn't mean you dishonor the things of the past. doesn't mean you dishonor what comes before. But just as Jesus sort of built upon um, the, the covenant uh, that was made with Ab- Abraham and Moses, so for we, uh, we continue to build on those traditions here. Do you believe we are saved because of grace alone, by faith alone, through Christ alone? I think ultimately, yes, because that's what he said. Do you believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Spirit? Oh, yes. Does your church practice speaking in tongues? I don't think my church specifically um, practices speaking in tongues. However, I have been to several services and am supportive, and I've spoken in tongues, yeah. What do you believe about predestination? Um... I think God knows what I think God knows what's about what's going to happen in all of our lives, but I think we still have to. We it's this remarkable um, complex um, and uh, dichotomy that He gives us, where we still have to make the choices, but He knows ultimately where we'll end up. How so many? Who, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. How many, if any, of the seven sacraments does your church practice? All of them. <laughs> yeah, Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of kind of the people who who started that. Thing. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I think we made him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just have that at the end of every speed round. Like, yeah, we still got to ask. It's important. Oh no, of course you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we needed you to the the opportunity to say, um, yes, <laughs> exactly. So among other things, you run a podcast called The Full Life. And it's sort of a panel show where you guys walk through different topics of the faith. Um, Before we get too much into anything else, what can you tell us about the inspiration behind the show and how you guys got started? Well, you know, that's been on my heart and it really has been, I I do get really excited to talk about it because it has been in my heart to do this show for, God, over a decade. Um, And and much like this show, it, it was structured in such a way that I really felt like you could bring 
to gather Christians from different faiths and different ages and different races and different genders and put them all together and talk about, you know, issues uh, facing your faith, but really just show them together, you know, and, and saying that they can be in the same place. They can be talking about these things. And it's not, it's not a debate show. We're not here to one up each other with who, how smart we are. Um, but um, it is about sharing our faith. And it's about that spiritual curiosity about how we can deepen and refine our faith by learning from each other. Um, and that's been the inspiration. And that is our goal with every episode. We are a debate show. <laughs> <laughs> hard. This is a hard hitting show. It's really yeah, uncomfortable. So, uh, TJ, what, what's your counterpoint to his We Can All Work Together? Uh, no, we can't. All right. There we go. Yep. Uh, no, we can't. <laughs> Church unity is impossible. Let's All just right. close it up. Go home. <laughs> so on Apple Podcasts, uh, it says... That the Full Life is a Christian panel talk show where Christians of all denominations, ages, and backgrounds come together as one body of Christ to discuss issues of faith and help each other live life to the fullest as God desires. This is so close to the heart of what we do for this show. We were hoping you might be able to unpack that description a little bit for us. Yeah, I mean, I said a little bit of it in the last answer, but really... The other part of refining our faith really leads us to that uh, life of abundance. Um, and when I say life of abundance, it's not like I'm getting get rich and have a million dollars, of course. I mean, <laughs> this life of fulfillment, this life of peace beyond understanding that we know comes with a life with Jesus. Um, and so each episode, we hope we leave you with this this feeling that you can get closer to that peace, you can deal with whatever issue you're dealing with. And we hope that we've, in some episode, addressed something you may be dealing with. We dealt with, we dealt with porn addiction. We dealt with a whole host of topics. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Uh, we just did a dynamic one on, on abortion and being pro-life and and how to, how to navigate that, and also how to speak on that. But there's tons and tons of topics. But really, um, it is very close to the heart of your show because ultimately, I think that the other side of that, being, being in, a, in an abundant life, is that Christians could be so such a powerful force for good to have the whole world live an abundant life. Just stop fighting with each other. If we could just get past the nonsense and get and just boil down to the essence of Jesus's message. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't honor your faith traditions, but we have to sort of put them in order about what are we really accomplishing? What are we achieving in the world today? How are we bringing the kingdom down to the world? I'm going to have to agree with you. That's, uh, <laughs> we should be unified, I, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've convinced him. Me. It was impossible last question. Now it's totally possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. <laughs> <laughs> so what have been some of your favorite episodes of your show so far? Um, I was, I will say that the, the, uh, we had such a dynamic person from the Equal Rights Institute. Her name is Emily Albrecht. She was just on talking about, um, how to have pro-life conversations. And I will say I feel sometimes that although I am staunchly pro-life, I just don't feel like people know how to talk about it in a really mm -hmm. convincing and meaningful way. And she um, is a 23-year-old that I am just so impressed with. She's awesome. Wow. I can't say enough positive about her. We just had um, 
Jay Kim on, Pastor Jay Kim, talking about digital li- how our digital lives have affected how we see the world, you know, our social media and internet lives. And I went into it going, oh, well, we've kind of talked about the internet before. And you read his book, uh, Analog Christian, and there is so much information, but it is so rooted in the scripture. It's so rooted in God's word. And you, and it, it's very illuminating about how our behaviors have changed because of our interaction online and on social media. Um, uh, I, let's see, I was, I'm looking at my list here and seeing if I had, we had so many great episodes of people. I mean, I will say one of my dreams was to get, um, John Bevere on and we did get him on. Um, so that was fulfillment of a big dream because he's been very impactful in my life. Um, and so it was really, uh, quite a dream to get to interview him and talk with him. Um, I think the most impressive person who's been on our show was also uh, 23 actually. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. and just just don't you want to you know as much as i love that they're out there and doing things and being such a wonderful voice for the lord just don't you want to hit them and go i i'm i wish i was that at 23 because i yeah. certainly was not yeah i want to hit them a lot sometimes <laughs> yeah he's talking TJ. about me i'm talking about him oh are you 23 tj <laughs> I am, yeah. yeah yeah well way to go but tj I but i just want to go over there and hit you <laughs> oh, come over yeah yeah. <laughs> um, Joseph, a couple days. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I fly there, I'm going to yeah. come and get yeah. you. Uh, Joseph, what do you think your everyday, just ordinary bench warmer, you know, lay person in the church, what can they take away from listening to a show like yours? Um, they can take away hope. Um, and what I really want them to take away is an active engagement with their faith. I hope you're not a bench warmer. I don't want you to be a bench warmer because you're never going to experience the fullness of what God is that way. You can't do that just warming the bench. Um, and so I hope to inspire you to not be just a bench warmer. And I hope you to inspire to engage with the Bible, engage with your fellow believers, and go deeper in your faith. Nice. That's, uh, it's, you know, to paraphrase South Carolina's state motto, Dum Spiro Sparrow, which when translated to English, definitely means while i listen to the full live podcast i hope it's definitely true (laughs) yeah i'm glad that uh, it's written into the motto of the state it is i am i just i just think it's really funny that that at least according to tj he paraphrased it in a different language and then interpreted it well i it's like a paraphrase translation sure it's like the message he's a 23 year old phenom (laughs) just let him go yeah yeah. So we live. <laughs> so Joseph, how has your work with film and production influenced your podcast? No, well, kind of a hard turn, but <laughs> no, no, no. It's not hard at all. I mean, uh, that I went to I, as we talked about. I went to college, and that's what I trained to do. I went to train to do television production primarily. Um, that's why I came to Los Angeles. I grew up in New Jersey. I now live in Los Angeles, um, and so. That has greatly influenced my podcast. Uh, I will say that the pan- pandemic influenced the podcast mm-hmm. because I always thought you were going to have to have five people at a table in a room to do this show pre-pandemic. And then we started by just saying, well, we're all home and we have this time. So let's just have these conversations online and see if this works. And then we just kind of stayed with what it was. Um, in terms of production, you know, 
uh, it, it influences me and in what I want it to be, you know, <laughs> that that's what it is, you know, and sometimes that's the most challenging part of doing the podcast over internet sometimes is, is that, you know, I, I'm used to being in a studio and doing all this stuff with TV and, and, and having these huge crews of people. And so <laughs> I'm like, it's just me and <laughs> we've got a, uh, and uh, it's, it's somewhat of challenging, but it does make me work very hard to elevate the standard of the show as much as I can um, and structure it in such a way that it it could go to TV tomorrow and we wouldn't have to adapt it all that much, you know, in terms of a structure. We would probably nice. have to upgrade some equipment though, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had the, the opposite kind of thing. We started in person <laughs> and then the pandemic quickly showed up to put that to an end. Ah, yeah. Now we just like this so much better. <laughs> Well, I'll say that God just kicked me off the sideline there and said, you know, you've had this idea forever, but are you ever going to do it? You know, so then he, he made a pandemic for me to do it. Oh. But I didn't say God made the pandemic. I'm not saying God made the pandemic. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to clarify so people don't go. <laughs> well, uh, so where can everybody go to find the full life or uh, whatever well, they can- you might get up to? They can go to a few places, but um, we're on YouTube and Facebook. We released the f- uh, the full episodes. It's just Full Life TV, the full the Full Life TV. Um, we also have clips and stuff on Twitter and Instagram. And then we do the audio podcast versions. If you like that as well, we do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a bunch of different places. I believe Spotify as well. Um, and we're always looking for places to expand. So. Most of our listeners are on Spotify, so well, we will be there too. And if not, Google Podcasts works too. So come on, guys, it's not that hard. Anchor.fm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) everyone knows that one, right? Oh man. So we always like to ask our guests this one. There's one question we like to ask everybody, and it's just if you had to give a single tangible action that would help maintain unity in the church today, what is one practical? thing that you think the ordinary churchgoer listening can do to help maintain the unity of the church? I think we talked about this the other day in a meeting, um, and it is something that almost I haven't seen in my experience in church, even in more, maybe in more charismatic or more um, evangelical circles, I've seen this in some of the ushers. But the, the single most, most important thing you can do is build the community of God, build the kingdom of God, and I think you do that by saying hello. I think they meet Jesus through you um, and you go to church and sometimes you don't even say hello or meet someone new at the church. So start there. And then if you have to play it back in your mind, say, did they meet Jesus when they spoke to me today? And then if you you can't, you're not sure about that, evaluate how you say hello. Yeah. So what, what would be the ramifications if everyone started doing that? You know, I think people might go, hey, these Christians actually look different. These Christians actually, who preach about all of this difference that they have, might, they actually look different now. They like, what is going on? We have got to be part of this. They look so dang happy and happy to be with each other and a true community. I think that is going to be very attractive to the world because the world is lonely. I mean, people are lonely, guys. Yeah. I mean, people are searching and they're lonely and disconnected and they will do things to fill that hole. And truly, Jesus can is the only thing that can fill that. The only, uh, but 
they've they've got to see a tangible difference in Christians truly acting like Christians. All right. So one thing we like to do before we get into the outro for the show is our God Moment segment. Uh, we just like to take a minute to share what all God's been up to with us recently by sharing a blessing, challenge, curse, moment of worship, a new series release, anything you feel God has blessed you with recently. And I always make Josh go first uh, to give myself and our esteemed guest as much time as we need. I don't, I don't know how to word this one, but like, I just like, I feel like I need like trigger warning kind of before, before I say mine this time. So over the weekend, the person across the street from behind our house, like directly across the street was um, shot and murdered. And yeah, and I've really been wrestling this week with how often we hear stories of someone being shot or whatever, and just kind of go past it, even if you don't mean to, and just kind of wrestling with what it really means that another person made in the image of God was killed. And um, I don't know, it's been pretty challenging. My God moment for this week. I'm going to say it now, so I can't say it next week, so I have to come up with something new. Mm. Uh, my grandmother is turning 80. Wow. Hopefully it's 80. It might be 79. Hopefully I didn't lose track. But she's doing all right. She's healthier than a lot of people are when they get to her age. And we're going to surprise her by taking her to her favorite old restaurant, which this comes out next Tuesday, right? Next Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, perfect. I forgot we changed the day. <laughs> yeah. We're surprising her by taking her to her favorite old restaurant, which has been around longer than she has in That's good amazing. old Spartanburg. So Good town. Very excited. Cool. It's also on uh, uh, diners, dive-ins, and drives. Oh, I've been, I, I've, there's one on the way back from Vegas that I've been trying to get to every single time, but I can't. It's closed every time I go back, so uh -oh. I can't get to that time. Well, that sounds really fun. Um, mine, I'm going to say uh, we have had some struggles with, you know, we have four kids, uh, and so working on how the schedule of life works has been a challenge. And we had thought we had worked out a schedule for my wife's work. She's a teacher that where she could leave early and the commute would be less. And then right before we started the year, it was changed and she couldn't do that anymore. And that was pretty devastating because we sort of built this whole schedule around that and the fact that she could be home with the kids more. And it was very upsetting to her yeah. that she was really looking forward to that. But the God moment of this is, well, we heard about that on a Thursday, and by the following Monday, which was last Monday, we had applied to this high school in town, um, and it's not done yet, but we've gone through a series of interviews, and maybe by the time this airs, it'll be done. <laughs> She's got her demo lesson today and her final interview, and it may very well work out that she can take the kids to school every day and pick uh, pick them up every day. And really, that's her dream to do what she loves uh, as a teacher, but also be with her kids at the end of the day and take them to all the activities and stuff. And even if it doesn't work out, which I uh, which, you know, certainly it's a possibility. It really is amazing how many similarities and how many markers there were and signs of how God was in this. And if nothing else, it was a really excellent reminder of how miraculous God can be. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes I am guilty of, you know, overanalyzing um, and not looking for the miraculous and God working in that way. Um, so it was a very nice reminder. And I certainly hope it goes all the way through, which I, <laughs> I, I, I'm very hopeful it will. All right. We are too. Uh, oh, yeah. So hmm? are you not? I just said, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I miss her. 
<laughs> thought Josh was plotting on your downfall. Really? <laughs> you got to watch out for him. He's conniving. Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with a friend or an enemy. You could also share it with a cousin if you have one. If you don't, you can share it with one of my cousins. Uh, yeah. Let Josh know you need my cousin's contact information through Facebook. I'll get it to you. Or just, you know, the next person you see down the street, talk to them. They're most likely TJ's cousin, especially if you're in South Carolina. If you're in upstate South Carolina, you probably know my cousin. It's a solid chance. Yeah. And if you want to hear more from TJ and I, you could always go to systematicgeekology.org. There is a host tab. Both of our names are on there. Everything we do are on those pages. Um, including all the episodes we do with Systematic Ecology, which is just another podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and geekdoms, fandoms, whatever you want to call it. We have a good time over there. Of course, if you want to hear more from Joseph, you can go to The Full Life TV, Facebook, YouTube, whatever he mentioned earlier. Find it. You can do it. And we thank you for joining us. Yeah. Also, if you just love hearing our voices for some reason, uh, Go support us on Patreon, or at least consider it. Uh, You can listen to our Pet Peeve series. We talk about our guest pets. We talk about our guests' peeves. It's a good time. And thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Next week, we'll be having another roundtable discussion, this time about whether or not Christians should be involved in scientific discussions. After that, we'll be taking a week off for vacation. Yeehaw. And then when we come back, we will have Pastor Will Rose join us again to discuss the different views of how the church should approach the subject of abortion. Finally, at the end of season one, Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah, he doesn't know that though. So if, if you know him, you know, just let him know. Let him know what he's going to be doing. He probably would prefer a heads up. And if you're here from the Full Life TV, thank you. Also, if one of you guys could start a Francis Chan petition, <laughs> that'd be great. I said I want him on our show too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could help each other out. That's right. Crossover event. It's going to be yeah, great. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Again, you can sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast. Be sure to tune back in next week where we'll be having a round table asking a question of several guests. Should Christians be silent on science?